Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Greater Alton Church. My name is Tim, and it's good to have you here. Good to be back. Um, I don't know if you get to hear your singing, but I get to listen to it back there. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's really uh, good to hear some praise to God this morning. Good to be, uh, again, back. We were in Galena last week. Our campus ministry was up in Galena, and we were um, the home of uh, Ulysses S. Grant. And what we were doing there was covering a, uh, a weekend called The Edge. And um, all of our lessons were designed to look at our spiritual edge. In fact, today I'm preaching the lesson that I preached there so the campus can relax. A little bit, uh, and uh, we're going to look at getting back your spiritual edge this morning. Again, it's good to be good to be back. Uh, on the way back from Galena, I, I used our my company van to drive back. Uh, I had the luggage, and a mile out or two outside of Galena, the transmission went out, and we only had second gear, so we drove back and at 40 miles an hour. Someone made a comment. Well, Tim, that's only five miles less than what you normally drive at, so there's no trouble. The, the irony is it's true. <laughs> so, but uh, seven-hour drive. Got to see a lot of scenic stuff. Go by uh, uh, LeClaire, Iowa, see American Pickers, you know, things like that. It was, it was nice. But um, glad we all got back safe and sound, huh? Uh, today what I want to do is we're in a, we're in a series of lessons. We're going to wrap it up this week. Uh, looking at, we're wanting to, 2016 to be uh, just an incredible year for everyone here that attends here at Greater Alton. Um, our theme for this year is the mission. We're on a mission from God, like the Blues Brothers, so to speak. And we're going to hopefully have that calendar out for you next week. You'll be able to pick it up, give you an idea of what's going on during 2016. But we really want the year to be about what are we going to do for the Lord. And um, we're hoping that this year you'll be able to recognize moments when your mission, your purpose... Uh, is in front of you, and that with God's help you'll take and go through that door of opportunity, perhaps to share your faith, help someone in need, share God's love, or bring him even to church. That would be that'd be wonderful. Uh, that all comes down to how sharp is your edge going to be? How sharp is your spiritual edge this morning? That'll that'll have a big impact on your year this year. Uh, when I looked up the word edge, I found out there were several ways you could see the word edge. For example, edge can refer to the border or the rim of something, the edge of a cliff, for example. Also, the word edge can be used to, uh, uh, to describe someone creeping up on someone. They edged closer and closer together. You know, uh, There's also the idea that edge, we think of, obviously, the idea of sharpness the edge of a blade on a knife, for example. But today I want to talk a little bit about uh, not only that kind of idea of sharpness, spiritual sharpness, but there's another word for edge that I want to talk about, and it's the, another word for it is advantage. That when you have an edge on, on someone, you, ha- you know, you've heard somebody say this before, uh, they seem to have lost their edge. What are they talking about? Maybe they're talking about their skill or their ability. Or their sharpness of mind, so to speak. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed, you might hear someone say. Okay, of course, never about you. It's always someone else. But we get that idea of this sharpness and the idea of advantage. Look at this passage here in Psalms 119 in your notes or up on the screen. David said this, Your commands give me an edge on my enemies. 
So David is saying, I have an advantage by, the, by your word, Lord. You give me an edge over the people that oppose me. In Proverbs 4, Solomon would say this, The road the righteous travel is like the sunrise, getting brighter and brighter until daylight has come. The road of the wicked, however, is dark as night. They fall but cannot see what they are stumbling over. Notice the contrast. The righteous have this edge in life, this advantage in life that the wicked do not have. The, the righteous are able, the, their life, their path, their plans, their future gets brighter and brighter, but not with the wicked. No, with those of the wicked, it gets darker. In fact, they're stumbling over things. They're, they're tripping over things. They're hurting themselves as they live this life at a disadvantage. And then, of course, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5, we see the Apostle Paul referring to his spiritual edge and the edge of the apostles when he says we, meaning the apostles, are not saying that we can do this work ourselves. It is God who makes us able to do all that we do. He's saying, it's God that gives us this edge. We can't do everything. You can't do everything. But God can give you an edge. He can, gi- he can give you the ability to do some things that you cannot do by yourself. So I got to thinking, how would I describe a spiritual edge? If I could describe it in a sentence. This is what I'm meaning when, I, when I'm talking about a spiritual edge this morning, about getting your spiritual edge if you've lost it or are identifying your spiritual edge. Here's what I believe it to be. My spiritual edge is the presence and power of God in my life. If you want to know how to describe it, it's the presence of God and the power of God in my life. Both go together. Both go together. Without the presence of God, you have no power. You have no advantage. Now, I'd like you to look at 2 Kings 6 with me. And if you'd like to turn to your Bible and you read it along, or you can read it with me up here in the New Century Version. Uh, some people ask me, why do you use the New Century Version? Because I like it. And so um, and we're going to look at this passage here. And it's a very unusual, strange, bizarre story about a guy who loses uh, his axe head. Let's read it together. It says, The groups of prophets said to Elisha, The place where we meet with you is too small for us. In other words, they're growing. Elisha has this school of prophets, and the building or the facilities are not large enough to support the school of prophets. So they say in verse 2, Let's go to the Jordan River. There everyone can get a log, and let's build a place there to live. Elisha said, Go. One of them said, Please go with us. And Elisha answered, I will go. So he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they cut down some trees. As one man was cutting down a tree, the head of the axe fell into the water. He yelled, Oh my master, I borrowed that axe. So we get this idea. They're starting to build, and one guy is chopping away using an axe that's, by the way, made of iron. That's the Hebrew behind this. It's an iron axe. And as he's chopping, the axe head flies off. Anybody ever had that happen to them? Or, yeah, okay. You're chopping away. Wham, there it goes. Where'd it go? And you hope it didn't hit somebody. I mean, even, the, even the, um, the Old Testament talks about if you were to hit somebody, if your axe head, it must have been common, if you were chopping and it hit somebody, it killed them, you wouldn't be sentenced to death, but you'd be punished in some way. Or if you lost an axe head, you better make sure you have it or replace it. Otherwise, uh, you could get in, into trouble. These were very rare to have, a rare tool. That's why he's borrowing it. He can't own it. He doesn't own it himself. And so as he's working, it doesn't fall on the ground. And I've had that happen where it falls on the ground. You just grab it put it back on, you know, make sure it's attached well and go back to work. Now, this falls in the water. Have you ever lost anything in the water? One time, Chris Weiler and I were playing golf at a golf course in Olney. And I had a nine iron 
and there's a little short par three over a little pond of water. And when I hit the ball, the head of the club flew off. I still had the stick. <laughs> Kerfump. Well, there goes that. One time I was fishing. Maybe you've had this happen before. You're fishing, and I've got poles out. I'm a lazy fisherman. got poles sitting out there, and uh, we're f- fishing for catfish. An 11-pounder grabs a hold of my line. Before I could get to it, it's in the water. That was a good rod and reel. Now, I would later, by chance, when I'm reeling in one fish, it got tangled in the line and pulled it with the fish and the pole in line. I was lucky that day. But I mean, you lose stuff in the water. Man, it's disaster. You're on a trip, a, a, a boat trip, if you go out fishing in the ocean or something, and you lose something off the edge, you're not going to get it back, are you? Well, this guy's panicking. Where's, where's this axe head? What am I going to do? It was borrowed. It wasn't even mine. And the reason he's panicking is because it's a rare tool. It's borrowed, which means if he can't replace it, he's probably going to end up being the man's slave. You find examples in the Old Testament where a person became a slave over losing a pair of shoes. So this is going to cost him. He's got to find it. And besides all of that, the work is grounded to a halt. He can't contribute. He can't work. He can't make any progress without his edge. See the parallel now? See, the axe is a symbol of your spiritual power. And it's been borrowed It's been borrowed from God. It's God's to begin with. And He wants you to use that spiritual edge. It comes from God. It's valuable. And so this guy is panicking. What do I do? And look what Elisha says. Where did it fall? And the man showed him the place. Some versions say the man showed him the exact place. It was right here. Then Elisha cut down a stick and threw it in the water. Huh? He threw a stick, threw it in the water, and made the iron head float. What? That's a goofy story. This is weird. There's no way. Yeah, Elisha said, pick up the axe head. Then the man reached out and took it. Why is this story in the Bible? This is one of those stories that makes you go, I hope no person that's not a Christian ever asks me about because it's too bizarre. And I'll be embarrassed by it. Well, I think it's a reason. There's passages like this throughout the Bible. You read and you go, why is that there? Why did they list a bunch of names of Esau's family just a couple of days we looked at in the Daily Bible? A couple of days ago in Genesis 38, why is the list of Esau's family listed there in the middle of Joseph's story? It's got a purpose. It's got a reason for being there. God does not put things in the Bible by accident. There's a purpose for every verse. And here we have a miracle in the Bible, a miracle in the Old Testament, which there's not very many. It's there for a reason, to catch our attention, to help us learn some things. And maybe today what we're going to learn from this is that's a, a lesson about our spiritual edge, that it's valuable, I can lose it, but I can get it back. Maybe that's what it's trying to say to us this morning. So that's what I want to do. I want to follow that kind of line of thought this morning, because every passage has some spiritual truths in it. So how do I get my spiritual edge? Well, let's look at four things we can do to get our spiritual edge. The first one is, I admit I've lost it. I just need to admit I've lost my edge. Admit I don't have it anymore, or admit I don't have it to begin with. Again, verse, verse 5 here. As one man was cutting down the tree, the axe of his head fell in the water, and he yelled, Oh, my master, it was borrowed. The first thing the guy does 
as admits he's lost it to somebody. He doesn't try to fake it. I don't know what you've done. Maybe I, I wonder if it crossed my mind. Well, I'll just keep acting like I'm working. And nobody will notice, you know, because I want to fit in. I don't want to, I mean, what an idiot. I lost. That's so stupid. Nobody else does that. Why does it have to happen to me of all times? You know, these, and so I'll just act like I'll fake it till I make it kind of a thing, you know. Just keep going through the motions and everybody will think I'm a spiritual person. Or maybe, maybe uh, you, you, when you lose the, your, a, he lost his accent, maybe he was tempted to say, forget it. You know, I've lost my edge. I guess it's over. Game over, dude. Game over. You know, it's done. Might as well let somebody else take it. You know, let somebody else work on it. Let somebody else take the responsibility. Because I've lost my edge and I can, I'll never be able to get it back. So I'll just sit and watch. This guy doesn't do either one of those. What he does, he, he just admits up front, I've lost my edge. He tells Elisha, I've lost it. What am I going to do? You know, we don't want to admit when we've lost our edge. Is it hard for you to admit it? That you're not as close to God as maybe you once were? I've been a Christian for 40 years. My goodness, 40 years. I can't believe it. I've been a Christian for 40 years, and I can tell you there have been many times I've lost my edge and got it back. It just happens. And there's been many times I lost my edge and I wouldn't admit it. And man, did I pay for it. But when I... When I would admit it, it seemed like I was able to get my edge back much quicker. You know, are people asking you, you look okay, you okay, everything fine? Everything, I'm fine, I'm fine. You, know, you just see, you have people asking you that a lot. You know why they're asking? They see something's wrong. They can tell there's something off. And God is using those people to help you see you've lost your edge. You know, we have to call you to come to group. You're not coming to discipleship group. You're not coming to small group. We wonder if you're going to make it. So we're always giving you a courtesy call to make sure you're there. We used to not have to do that. Or, you know, you're at church maybe occasionally, oh, regularly, once every other week. That's regular. I'm in my Bible some. What's happening? I just need to admit. I just need to admit I'm not as close to God as I used to be. Probably one of the saddest verses in the Bible is this verse about Samson. Look what it says here. It says about Samson, he did not know the Lord had left him. He's saying that as the Philistines are coming upon him, and he's thinking he's going to shake off those ropes like he always does, but he can't shake it off because it just happened so gradual he wasn't even aware. And notice, Samson wasn't strong because he had long hair. It's because he had the power of God, the presence of God, and he'd lost The Lord had left him, and there went his power as well. So what are some signs of me losing my spiritual edge? Let me give you a list of a few here. First, my spiritual vitality is gone. What do you mean by that? Everything's predictable. Everything becomes routine. I'm basically going through the motions, thinking maybe I'll get lucky and something will happen. You don't grow by luck. So my spiritual vitality is gone. It's not as energetic about things. Number two, serving God is more of a duty than a delight. I'm just doing it. You know, um, I'm doing things for God, but I'm, just, I'm not enjoying it. 
Used to be such a delight to serve God. Used to be such a delight to get with other Christians. Used to be, I used to get so excited when we'd go out, do events together, or we'd go out on outings, or we'd pray together. But that's just not doing it. I'm, I'm doing it because, oh, I guess it's the right thing to do. Another one is I stopped dreaming. I just stopped dreaming about what's ahead or what could happen or what could be. And if somebody else starts dreaming, it doesn't excite me. Because I think, boy, that dream's going to require work, and I just don't have the energy or the interest. My planning, I stopped planning. I stopped planning around the things of God, and I start planning things around what I want. My career, my pleasures, my family, which, by the way, these things can all be good, but I don't plan with God in mind. I wonder how many of us are going to look at a church calendar and go, well, it's too bad they planned that when I was planning on doing something else and never even consider moving that plan. Another thing is I stop risking. I stop taking risks and I start playing it safe. I'm not going to put myself out there because every time I put myself out there, the last time I did, I got hurt, I got burned, I got disappointed. So I'm just going to play it safe. And be more cautious with what I do. Another sign of losing my spiritual edge is the songs, the sermons, the people. They just don't have any... They no longer move me. I'm no longer excited about any of this. I'm just basically going through the motions. And the worst of all, another sign is I'm not accomplishing anything. In other words, it's not just a week goes by, but a month or even a year. And I look back on the year and I go, what did I really do for the Lord? And I may start blaming others. Well, they didn't ask me or they didn't use me or they they refused. But why are we blaming everybody else? I went through a whole year and I've basically stayed the same. Look what David says in Psalms 38. Even the light has gone out of my eyes. He's talking about his spiritual edge here. He says, the light has just gone out of my eyes. I'm not excited anymore, in other words. And he would say in Psalm 71:12, Why are you so far away, Lord? Here's a man after God's own heart who had moments where he lost his spiritual edge and would admit it. Would admit it. Do you need to admit it this morning? Have you lost your edge? You're just not as close to God as you used to be? Just not as excited as he used to be about the things of God? Why not admit it? Why not start there? Number two, I determine where I lost it. To find my spiritual edge, to get a spiritual edge, I've got to figure out where I lost it. I've got to find out where it is, in other words. I've got to find it. Now look, I'm talking to two different groups of people here this morning. I know that, okay? There's a group here... Some of you here do not even have a spiritual edge. You've never had a spiritual edge because you don't have a relationship with God. So you might want to write, I need to figure out where it is. Where, where's that edge at? But some of us here are in another camp, and we're, we're, we're a group that have had that spiritual edge, but we've lost it, and we need to figure out where we lost it. If you want to get it back, you need to get specific. Elisha asked, where did it fall? It says in verse 6. Where did it fall? He doesn't say, well, poor guy. You know, go, go borrow another. No, he says, where did it fall? And it says, the man showed him the exact place. I have in my hand here an axe handle that I've had for years. And uh, last year, I was using it, and well, you can guess what happened. 
It flew off. It, I don't know. I was, you know. Uh, anybody know where it is? Anybody here? Anybody here have an idea? You know, I asked this at the campus, and they're guessing. It's in your pocket, like I'm a magician or something. Or you know, it's it's our, it's under your sleeve. It's over there. Uh, they had no idea. You know, only one person knows where that axe head is. You know who it is? Me. Oh, I, I don't have to look. I know where it is. Wait a minute. Excuse me. Here it is. And there's my axe head. And look, it fits right on there now. Do you think of Uncle Buck right now? <laughs> you ever heard of a ritual killing? <laughs> Sorry, maybe you didn't see the movie. But see what I'm saying? That's the one. That's where it goes. I am the only person that knows where my spiritual edge is. And you're the only person that knows where your spiritual edge is. Now, you may need help getting it back. But you don't need any help finding it. Right? You know where it is. You see, I've got to get specific and ask myself, where did I lose my edge? Now, I've got three places where I think edges are lost, or three ways edges are lost, okay? On your notes here. The first way you lose our edge is through neglect. Through neglect. Maybe you've had this happen before. I've dug up stuff out of the dirt, like splitting malls and axe heads. Has anybody ever done that before? Old things? Yeah, that used to be sharp. Cassie, are you telling me you've actually dug something up out of the dirt and found Oh, wow, they found buried treasure in the backyard, basically, yeah. When we moved to where we live now, I found a knife, a homemade knife, and it was rusty. And I've still got it, you know, and it's kind of scary looking. I'm thinking, what's, what happened in this property, you know? And, and, but it was rusty. It just from neglect. It, it was sitting around doing nothing. And it lost its edge. And that's going to happen to you and I. We lose our edge when we simply neglect to do the things that get us close to God. That I refuse to do the things that keep my edge. You know, for years, I'd preach, I'd teach, and I'd tell people, uh, you know, you need to have a quiet time every day. You need to be in your Bibles every day. The Bible says it in Psalms 1, 1 through 3. You know, the Bereans studied the Bible every day, you know, and they, they made sure what Paul said was true. You know, I'm looking at all these passages, and I, boy, I'd put it on people. But I myself wasn't studying my Bible every day. You were studying it for sermons. Well, yeah, but, but not for me. Not for me. And I remember one time at a men's retreat, I held up my quiet time journal. Some of you guys probably remember this. And I go, here's my quiet time journal. Oh, well, we're going to get to the, what's deep things and deep thoughts does Tim have in his journal? And I open it up and I'm going, don't be too impressed because I'm about to disappoint you. And I read the dates. Remember that? January 1st. January 2nd. January 3rd. January 19th. February 3rd. March, nothing in April. I was tired of it. I was sick and tired of telling people they need to read their Bible every day, but not doing it myself. But I was also sick and tired of, of just the way I was being. How can I claim to be close to God and I'm not even... When the Bible says, when, when David said, your word gives me an edge... 
And so six, seven years ago, I, I've lost count now, I, I got this daily Bible. And I just started reading this daily Bible. And I still send out a daily text. It's on our website. And we're looking at daily people now. I've never... I, I thought this... You know, I was ready to stop after this year doing the daily stuff, you know, daily text and stuff. I thought, we'll do it one more year, do a daily daily person. And I'm seeing the Bible in another different angle by looking at a person, just looking at a person in the Bible each day from the passage we're reading in the Daily Bible. You'll see it, you can see those at greateraltonchurch.org. You can find it. But uh, I thought, I'm going to have this if, if it kills me. Well, it didn't kill me. And it won't kill you. If actually, it saved me. It saved me. So I don't know, guys, but have you lost your edge because of neglect? Here's another way you can lose your edge, and that's wear and tear. You know, you use something long enough. How many times you used a chainsaw? And, you're, and I don't want to say just fellows, because I know some ladies, my wife owns a chainsaw. And you're using, and, and, and you're using a chainsaw, and you, and you get into a nail or something that's in the wood. What's it do to that chain immediately? You know, it, it, it just dulls it up, right? And it's wear and tear. You, you, you've got to stop and sharpen the blade sometime. I think Ecclesiastes 10, 10 says, when the axe is dull, it takes more strength. So sharpen the thing, you fool. Keep it sharp. But wear and tear, just regular working, wear and tear, will take an edge off of your faith. You know, and what I mean by that is that you can be busy working. And by the way, you can be busy working doing good things and still lose your spiritual edge if you don't maintain it. I know people have been in kids' ministries, that have been in, been in campus ministry, that have been in young adult, adult ministry, different, all kinds of different ministries here at Greater Alton that have lost their spiritual edge. They're busy, but I'm doing, I'm doing it. And they're so focused on doing, doing it, but they forgot about why they were doing it. They forgot about the whole big picture of the whole purpose of it because they're not stopping occasionally and making sure they're sharp. They're spiritually sharp. So you can be, you can be too busy doing things, other things to get connected with God. You can be too busy doing, I'll say it this way, churchy things and not be connected with God. I think Jesus said something in Matthew 7, Why do you say to me, Lord, Lord, don't do what I say? But Lord, we did all these things. These many, many wonderful works. He goes, yeah, I don't know you. And isn't that what it's about, guys, is knowing the Lord? Of course. So wear and tear can take an edge off. I know a lot of you sitting here this morning, some of you here this morning used to lead a small group or were, in a, were working in a ministry, no longer are because you're burned out. You're wore out. And you... Let me say this as kindly as I can. Stop blaming Greater Alton that you wore out. You may need to look at what have you done? What are you doing to keep your edge sharp? And there's another one that I found that probably has I'd never thought of before. Maybe in the last five years, ten years, and that's damage. Damage, you can lose your edge through damage. What do you mean by that? Kind of like that well, I mentioned a minute ago. You're in a, you're in a chainsaw and you hit a nail or you hit something or, or you're, 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 you're sawing too close to the ground. You get into the dirt and it takes the edge right off of the, 
the chainsaw. Mike uh, Dennis was telling me at work he's got this saw blade that's designed to cut aluminum, but some of the other workers will use it to cut wood and, and cut cardboard, and it immediately dulls the blade. It damages the blade. I don't know what, I don't know, uh, what your source of damage is, but I can tell you problems, circumstances, people can damage you and I. Things happen. People die. I've watched, I've watched people who are so spiritually in tune with God and then someone dies and it's like they get, they're off, they go completely off track. Or they go through a, they go through a similar tragedy or a, or a financial tragedy. Something happens and they just don't have the fire and the gumption. It's like something like a hammer is beating on the edge and they're damaged. I mean, ask yourself, maybe fill, uh, uh, fill in this blank here that I'm just... Um, wanting to put out to you. I've never been the same since blank happened. Think about that. I've never been the same, spiritually the same since blank happened. You know, I've been hurt by my critics. I've been, uh, people have disappointed me. I've, uh, failure has damaged my faith. Uh, I, I've been burned by people. I'm not putting myself out there again to be disappointed. It hurts too much when people leave God. So I don't want to share my faith anymore. It hurts too much when people reject me. So I'm just going to, no more risking. I'm taking a safe, safe distance away. And if that doesn't do, do it, maybe sin and guilt damages. Just sin, sin and guilt damages our spiritual edge to where we just don't believe God could ever use us again. I don't know where your edge is this morning. I do not know. But you know where it is. You know if you have it, you know if you've lost it. So you need to get specific. Tell somebody, I've lost it right here. Help me get it back. Number three, to have a spiritual edge, to get it back, I expect God to help me get it back. I just expect God to help me get it back. Then Elisha cut down the stick and threw it into the water... And it made the iron head float. Huh? Yeah, he, he cut a stick, see? And he threw it in the water. And the axe head floated. Right. No, that's what he did. Now, scholars have been trying to explain this passage away for centuries. You know, one scholar says, well, what actually happened was Elisha, he took a stick and he's digging around and he gets it, works it underneath the axe head and he holds it up and balances it and gets it to the edge and says, okay, buddy, hurry up, pick it up, pick it up before I drop it. Another, another scholar explained it this way. No, he, he sees it in the water, has a stick, he sticks it where the axe handle was and picks it up and says, here, you take it out of the water, I, I got it. Like he's, like he's got a fishing net or something. That's not what's going on here. I was, uh, this morning I said something about um, he's taking a stick. He takes the stick and he throws it in the water and it makes the axe head float. He goes, that must be some kind of stick, you know. Uh, it's not a stick. It's not the stick that does this. It's a step. A step of faith that Elisha is doing. I believe what Elisha is doing here, he cuts a stick off. And he throws it where the guy points and goes, is that where it is right there? Yeah. He wanted to be specific where he wanted God to work. And this axe head begins to make its way to the surface. I want to ask you this morning, 
Do you believe God can give you a spiritual edge? And if you've lost it, do you believe God can give it back to you? And when you take a step of faith believing that, you'll get your edge. Jesus one time, he was two men who lost their eyesight. And they asked if they could get it back. And in Matthew 9, he says these words to these fellows. Then Jesus touched their eyes and said, Because you believe I can, that I can make you see again, it will happen. He says, Because you believe that I can do it, it will happen. What's he saying here? He says, When you take a step of faith, God can work. Listen to me. Very important. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. God is the master of recovery. God is the master of recovery. You lose it, He'll help you get it back. Yeah, but I, I threw it away. He'll help you get it back. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, Tim, it's, it's been so long ago. He, God, is the master of recovery. And that works if it's an addiction, if it's marital issues, if it's physical ailment, whatever it be, God is the master of recovery. But you have to take a step of faith for Him to work. And that's what Elisha does. It's as simple as cutting a stick and throwing it into place and goes, watch what happens. God's going to bring it back. And God does. Look, it says in Jeremiah 15 here, if you return to me, is he saying, is he saying by any chance, if you take a step, am I, can I say that? Can I assume that? If you return to me, look what he says he'll do. I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. I'll, get, I'll help you get back what you've lost so you can get back to work. Number four. If I want if I want my spiritual edge back, this is probably it's a very important step. I do my part. I do my part. No one else can do it for me. God might not even do it for me. No, it's just my part of the whole thing. Elisha said, Pick up the axe head. Then the man reached down and picked it up. You know, I got to think, if God can make an axe head float, why didn't he just make it go hover and then fall magically on the steak, you know, on the handle, and everybody go, far out, man, that is awesome. No, he didn't do that. Why didn't he do that? That would have been cool. No, he says, no, you pick it up now. I've floated at the top now. Now you pick it up. See, God isn't going to take away my part. He's not going to take away your part. If you get this idea that God's going to do everything for you, you've got another thing coming, folks. You've got things you must do. God is not going to do them for you. You have to do your part. You have to somehow express your faith. Some of you here, like I said before, you don't have a spiritual edge because you don't have a relationship with God. And your step is simply, I need to reach out to God here. I need to get some help like this guy and let somebody open the Bible up with me and let's look at what the Bible says to have His presence in my life. For the rest of you, to get your edge back, it's simply saying, Lord, you know, I need to admit it. I need to admit it to somebody and say, listen, I've lost my edge and I want it back. Would you help me get my edge back? I've been busy I've been so busy with other stuff. My passion is somewhere else.
my, my, my drive and my, my passion is not for God as much as it is for something else and I need to get it back where it belongs. I've been busy with other stuff. I've been sitting on my hands. I've been a Christian long enough to know something. It's a fact. I'm as close to God as I want to be. You are as close to God as you want to be. It's no one else's fault if you're not close to God. I'm not saying people can't help me get close to God. And I appreciate that help. But I'm as close to God as I want to be. And that comes from doing my part. And it comes from doing your part if you want to be close to God. Look what David, that's how David says, Give me back the joy of your salvation. Keep me strong by giving me a willing spirit. I think it says, And renew a right spirit within me, is the way the King James says. What is this willing spirit? Right spirit. What could is that spiritual edge? Could we say that spirit that David's asking God, give me back my spiritual edge? I've lost it. I don't have it, and I want it. Give it back to me, Lord. Help me get it back, and I want it back now. I don't. Ha- you don't have to wait years or months or weeks or days to have your spiritual edge back. You can have it back. Right now. Revelation says it this way. The love you had at first is gone. He's talking to Christians here. It must happen. He says at church at Ephesus, the love you had at first is gone. And then he tells him their part. Here's your part. Remember how far you've fallen. Return to me and change the way you think and act. And do what you did at first. What's my part look like? It involves remembering I need to remember. Remember how close you were to God? I remember how close I was to God when I was baptized. I remember how close I was to God when I, when I chose to get in ministry. I remember how close I was to God when I got involved in the children's ministry. I wasn't a Christian three weeks and they had me in back working with kids. I, I wanted to be at church. I wanted to be with God's people. You need money? It's yours. What, how much do you need? This is all I've got. He says, remember. Remember what it was like? How do I remember how far I've fallen? Remember where I fell from. Remember when you were close to God? Has that changed? And he says, return. There's that step again. Return. Come back to me. Take that step of faith. Turn to me again. He's asking you to do this morning. So just turn back to me. And start doing those things. Repeat. Start doing those things you did when you first first met me. What's that mean? I open my Bible up again. I'm, I'm open with my life again. I let people challenge me again I get involved again and when I do I fall back in love with God again
This morning, I just want to ask, have you lost your spiritual edge? Here we are starting a brand new year, and your spiritual edge, your edge could be restored today. You could start having that spiritual edge that you've lost. Are you as excited about things and plans and ministry as you once were? Oh, I've wised up. Is that what you call it? Because the wise walk brighter and brighter and brighter. It gets better and better. And Oh, man, I just want 2016. I want us at Greater Alton to have just an incredible year. God wants you to have an incredible year. And it will start by developing a spiritual edge. There's a card in your... I your, your, uh, hope you got a card. I mean, if you didn't get a card, um, steal one off of somebody who won't use it. Uh, we don't have an altar call. We don't have people come forward. We just have people decide right where they are. What are they going to do with what, we, what the, you've heard today? Is there a decision you need to make? Some kind of decision you need to make today. Make that decision today. If it's opening your Bible, opening the Bible with somebody with a, for, for a, with a personal Bible study, check that box. You know, if it's, I need more than that, Tim. I'm needing some help with my finances, my marriage, something. Check that box. But also take advantage of, the, of our prayer ministry that will, that will take what you put on that paper and go to God every day and pray and beg Him and ask Him to help you get your spiritual edge back. We're going to pray, and then we'll have a song um, while you fill out those cards. Then we'll have another song, and, and it will we'll take up those cards along with our regular contribution. May God bless you with a year of a spiritual edge that's sharp and useful in the Master's hand. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for, um, thank you for passages like this, Father. Father, I know some of us here, you know, we, we come to a new year, we, 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 we make res- resolutions and perhaps have already broken them and we wonder what's the, why do we focus on this all the time? Why do we focus, you know, every year on uh, starting new and getting started? Father, I pray that we not be discouraged by breaking a resolution or, or, or drawing back from a challenge. Lord, I just pray, Father, that today... We'll be men and women that, that, that love you enough, Father, to look at the condition of our, our relationship with you, Father. Some of us here are not as close to you as we, we once were. Father, help us to recognize that and do the things on our part to get close to you once again, Father. Pray, Father, it's going to take people that are sharp to accomplish, to build your kingdom and accomplish your will. Father, give us a spiritual edge, Father, this year. Increase our faith. Deepen our faith in you, Father. Help us, help us, Father, admit we've lost it and, and get real about where and why it happened, Father. But, Father, also, as we pray to you, help us pray with faith, expecting you to restore this spiritual edge. You are the master of recovery. Help us remember. Help us return. And help us repeat the things we did at first. And begin a great year right now. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.